0: Welcome to Fine Tuning with Drew Taylor, your one-stop shop when it comes to animation news and commentary. I'm Drew's co-host, entertainment writer, Jim Hill, and he and I are recording this week's show on Saturday, September 17th, 2022, just a heads up, I will be heading down to Florida this coming week for that Disney dish and the Disney wish thing I'm doing with Mr. Testa. But that said, for this trip, I am hauling all of my podcast equipment with me. Uh, so hopefully there will only be a minor disruption along the way, unless, of course, everything falls into the Atlantic, which, uh, you know, did you hear about the hurricane that's coming, Drew? No, no. no. Is it, it's coming for you, I hope. I, I, I believe so. Uh, I yeah. given my luck. So <laughs> speaking of the, the Disney Wish thing, the outfit that's running this event is the same one that sponsors this podcast, Storybook Destination, trusted travel partner of the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network. So for a worry-free travel experience, book online at storybookdestinations.com. Obviously, Drew and I were just at, at D23, and we have lots of Disney and Pixar animated related stories to share. We're going to do most of that toward the back of the show because there's a couple of news items that we previously talked about that I wanted to circle back around to. And among those of course is, is the continuing upheaval over at uh, Warner brothers discovery. The new CEO over there, David Zaslav has been doing things that haven't entirely made sense like shelving the all-but-completed Batgirl, and likewise Scoob, the animated holiday haunts. So did you see the news just this week about Bye Bye Bunny? No, I didn't see
1: that. What did they say? Is it completely
0: gone? No, and in fact, Michael Hera, the head of story on Bye Bye Bunny, hopped on Twitter just yesterday to clarify a few things, because the word had gone out that the project was being shut down, and, and Michael said no. Most of the show's crew was let go yesterday, but the project has not been canceled, not yet. Uh, Warner Brothers Animation Group is currently shopping the project around, looking for a new home. Harrow went on to say that Bye Bye Bunny is a really funny movie. And also, do not believe everything you read on the internet. That said, did you see the piece in The Hollywood Reporter earlier this week about the prevailing theory about why Mr. Zaslav is doing what he's doing? No, I would love some insight, though. A lot of the decisions that are being made, you know, things being vaulted, things being shut down, don't make sense if you are trying to have an ongoing movie, theater, and television production facility. But on the other hand... If you're getting that ready for sale or to be attempting acquisition project or, or another mega merger, suddenly this all makes sense. And the Hollywood Reporter put out that supposedly Comcast is just evidently lying in wait till April of 2024. I guess there's some reg- regulatory issues. Both companies need to wait till that point. but. During this time, evidently, Mister Zaslav is just getting Wonderbutter's Butters discovery in shape to be sold, and that does suddenly answer a, a great many questions. That's gross, and
1: I don't think we need another even bigger mega corporation. But it does, it does, you know, shine a light on his behavior at the very least. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's going to be interesting. On the other side of this, to watch a you know a Comcast, which would be buying it to then merge it with their NBC Universal unit, for example, right now that Batman, Cape Crusader show, you know they're in the process of right now this is not going to air on HBO Max, so they are walking it around to what is it Hulu, Netflix, and I forget the other outfit. Oh, Amazon, seeing who will snap at that, and if you're a Comcast. That can't be something that makes you happy. The notion that, you know, you're going to spend all this money to acquire the company. And, oh, by the way, Amazon has the rights to to Batman. <laughs> you know, one of the the sweetest cherries in the bowl there at Warner. So, yeah, going to be interesting to see how that plays out. On the other hand, if we, if we switch over to another giant media corporation, the Walt Disney Company, obviously one of the divisions there is Pixar. And did you see the news about uh, Jonas Rivera? I did, and you
1: know what's more? Uh, I mm-hmm. was actually on the lot when the news broke, and literally 15 seconds after I read that, I saw mm-hmm. him walking through the lot, and I congratulated him and said, "Great <laughs> job <laughs> on the promotion!" Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, thank you." So that was that was very fun. Yeah,
0: that was cool. Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. If you if you think about Jonas and Pete Doctor were joined at the hip for years, wasn't Jonas like Pete's? producer of choice because I, I remember weren't we up there together for the uh, the Inside Out junket?
1: Yes, yes.
0: Do you remember Pete telling that story about you know, he goes for his Father's Day walk and this is when Inside Out is still pitting joy against fear rather than sadness and it's only during this walk that Pete realizes, oh my god, we have the wrong team up. That you know the opposite of, of joy isn't fear. The opposite of joy is sadness. And you know we got to go back and re- rework the movie. And as soon as he finished his walk, he picked up the phone and called Jonas. And Jonas didn't blink an eye. It's like okay, all right. You know, <laughs> coming to work Monday. We'll figure this out. But yeah, I did just the whole notion. of So Pete's going to handle all of the folks who come up with the ideas and the stories and then it's Jonas's job to figure out how to actually make these movies right
1: yes yeah i mean he's you know he's going to be overseeing a lot between theatrical and streaming um which yeah. you know we got a, we got a load of both at t23 so we yeah. did
0: we did okay so starting with the, the streaming side of things um what is that one again? Uh, blah, Winner, blah, blah, blah. Win or lose. Yeah, win or lose. First, long form. I was kind of intrigued by them using that term, long form. So I guess Cars on the Road is still thought of basically as a set of shorts that forms a story, right? Or- yes,
1: that is my understanding of what that is.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. And we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. But that's still 2023, right? I think
1: it's twenty four, but let me double check. I'll double check your math right now, Jim.
0: Okay, okay. Obviously coming in, in 2023, we have our elementals. We got to see some footage from that. And once again, Peter Saulm telling the story of how this is, you know, a very, very personal story keying off of his His mother and father, you know, traveling to America and setting up their their shop. Did you get to see any of the footage or? Yeah, I
1: was there. I was We weren't together at that point. There we go. But yeah, I
0: was. (laughs)
1: Okay. Yeah, I thought it, I mean, it looked very classically Pixar, you know, a futuristic city where everything's upside down and elements are personified and all of that stuff. But I thought it looked very charming and, and fun.
0: It was kind of interesting them talking from the stage about the the female character, Ember, and trying to make it look like she was made of fire rather than she was on fire. Right. Uh, Which, (laughs) interesting distinction. Yes. You know, likewise the same thing with Wade, you know, to, to make him see through and appear to be made of water, but again, still a solid character. So still somebody you can invest in emotionally. And I'm kind of intrigued by this one. Coming up next after that, though, if uh, March first, two thousand twenty-four, Elio, do you want to talk about that one?
1: We, I think, we had both heard a little bit about Elio before, mm-hmm. but um, you know, the setup is that uh, there's a, a mom who works mm-hmm. in a high tech facility mm-hmm. that is trying to communicate with or decode a kind of extraterrestrial um, mm-hmm. signal. But it's not her that gets to make first contact. It is mm-hmm. her son, a mm-hmm. avid indoorsman. I love that that's how they, <laughs> how they <laughs> yeah. described him. Yeah. Okay. Um, true, and true. he kind of presents himself, or at least they think that he is mm-hmm. the kind of ambassador from Earth, which I think mm-hmm. is uh, a really adorable kind of concept. And we saw some artwork that uh, showcased both Elio and the creatures that he encounters on this space station station. And, uh, yeah, it's it looks great. And it's directed by Adrian Molina, who was a mm-hmm. co-director on a little movie called Coco. So mm-hmm. it's good to see that he's still in the mix. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I was very impressed with the Elio pitch.
0: Yeah. So, again, that was March of, of 2024. But then in Pixar's traditional, you know, this is our summer blockbuster spot that's where we we get inside out too which you know kind of standard for D23 that Pete's on stage shutting down the presentation and we hear Amy Polder's voice from off stage and eventually she comes on but now Riley as as a teenager yes Kelsey Mann's directing and Meg Luffer is is writing the script didn't she do the script for the original one as well?
1: She did, and she worked on Good Dinosaur as well. So yeah. She, yeah. So,
0: okay. So, again, in good hands, but I so love the first movie. You know, I'm, I'm a little trepidatious about this one. I mean, they, they did refer to we're going to get more motions this time around. And going into it, really want it to work, but it just sort of like, you know, I like Monsters University, but I don't think it's as good as the first Monsters, Inc. And, you know, I mean, it ends well, but I just don't want another one of those. I don't want a, a film that sort of pulls down the original because it's, it's well-meaning. And, you know, I mean, and also this is Pixar working for the Disney company and they obviously want to turn these things into franchises. By the way, this sequel... Will make Inside Out the sixth Pixar franchise to get a, a sequel or a prequel or, or, or that sort of thing. Which this next one, Elementals, is the 27th Pixar film. So one out of four gets a sequel or a prequel.
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, wow. That is uh, something. Um,
0: I, yeah, yeah. I mean, did
1: you see the other news that apparently two of the emotions will not be back because of a pay dispute. Oh, no. That apparently both Bill Hader Mm -hmm. and uh, Mindy Colling were offered, Mm. uh, let us say, chump change to return. um, And they said no. So they Mm. will not be coming back for this new new adventure.
0: Is this where you can tell the story about how close <laughs> monsters at work came to not having Billy Crystal and John Goodman back cuz didn't they sign those deals really 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 late i think they yeah i think they signed them like right
1: before was it d23 where they announced it like mm-hmm. wherever that was they did it incredibly okay. close and mm-hmm. you know i i think that you know that they probably will get them back if they really mm-hmm. need them, but maybe mm-hmm. with these new emotions, they don't need them. I I don't know. I don't know what to think.
0: It's like okay, that's bad. But if if on the other hand you were telling me they they didn't get Lewis Black back, that would be a tragedy. I mean his anger, you know, it was so wonderful in the film, and likewise, I'm blanking the name of the uh, the nice lady who uh, did the voice of Oh Phyllis. Uh, yeah Yeah. fellas funny story when i went to the inside out for when the film was released and i mentioned at that time that my sister who was a principal of a primary school had actually bought the full set of plush dolls and gave them to the school counselor at her school to the effect of keep these in your office for when kids come in and who aren't great at communication, but it's like, well, what do you feel? Well, can you point to at least the doll that you're feeling right now? And Phyllis was so touched by the fact that little hurt kids are going to benefit from this movie. So jump ahead three and four months and we're back to do the junket for the DVD Blu-ray release. And I walk into the room and Phyllis goes, you, you, you're the doll guy. I've been telling people about your sister. And it was like, oh, okay. So, but she was very, very proud of that, that, you know, she was helping little kids. So, you know, hoping she comes back.
1: That's really nice.
0: Now, we were making the distinction a moment or so ago of Pixar long form with uh, Win or Lose. And then again, sort of the shorts with Cars on the Road and finally got to see all of those. What did you think of the uh, Cars on the Road?
1: I thought they were super charming. I mean, the the theme Mm -hmm. song is great. I think it's probably like the best outcome that we could mm-hmm. have asked for in terms of that. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was—I thought it was. I mean, well, well animated. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like kind of you know recycling a bunch of stuff, even though they probably did recycle mm-hmm. a lot. But yeah, I thought it was—it was great. What did you think?
0: I enjoyed them, and in fact, it, it was initially listening. It's like, boy, they got a great sound to like for lightning, and it's like, oh my god, it's Owen Wilson back. And you know, I thought that Steve Purcell and Brian Fee did a great job there, but you you may have a story about the background in this one, or
1: well, you know, I had always heard that that Steve had pitched a fourth cars movie. And that he was fairly along in development of it. So when mm-hmm. I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, I said, you know, mm-hmm. he, he was like, Well, you know, I pitch a lot of things. So <laughs> to me this felt like, you know, the leftover, not the leftovers, but a new iteration of his mm-hmm. fourth car's feature because it is a f- pretty fully formed idea of them c- traveling across country for mm-hmm. Mater's uh, sister's wedding and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, to me it was like, oh, okay, this began somewhere else, but um yeah, I was I was
0: super impressed with it.
1: You know, I think it I think it really did uh hit the spot.
0: Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. And back in the day, you know, one of the reasons that all of us fell in love with the first film was, you know, the amazing job that was done with Radiator Springs and the Cadillac Mountain Range. And a lot of that was art directed by the the late uh, Ralph Eggleston, who back on August 28th, we lost at the age of 56 uh, following a, a, a lengthy battle of pancreatic cancer and he'd been at Pixar since 92 right he'd been brought on board uh didn't he art direct the original Toy Story film
1: yeah he was brought on in the lead up to Toy Story so he was probably on when it was still a Christmas special and you know Mm -hmm. all of that but yeah yeah, I mean he had a huge impact on that studio and I just talked to him for Incredibles 2 not that long ago. so Did you
0: really? Yeah, I, I feel,
1: okay. you know, he designed the house. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, you know, in the last couple of weeks, I've talked to a lot of people from Pixar. So every time mm-hmm. I start a conversation, I just say, you know, like, let's mm-hmm. let's talk about him for a minute. Because he mm-hmm. was just such a inspiration to people. He was such a mentor. He mm-hmm. always took the time to listen to anybody's ideas or to check in with people and offered that. Mm-hmm. And we saw the outpouring on Twitter yeah, it's just, it's just a, it's a huge loss, not only to Pixar, but to the animation community in general.
0: What's fascinating about Ralph is he was not a one-trick pony. I mean, think about it. He directed that, that lovely short for The Birds, won an Academy Award for it. Likewise, he was a, a story guy and a visual development guy on Monsters, Inc., which, you know, I, I don't need to tell you. you, I know you have the the original Monsters, Inc. art of book in your reference library and to watch where they started and eventually where they landed and the wonderful film that came out of that. This is the guy who was the production designer on Nemo. This was the production designer on WALL-E. You know, this was the production designer on Inside Out. And all of these films where you have these real worlds that the characters can then bounce off of, and in each case, he he just delivered the goods. So, yeah. tell you what, folks, uh, we we've talked about. Wait, the Wait, I have stuff. a little bit
1: more. Uh, another another the- Pixar nugget, though, before we go. Oh,
0: cool, 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 cool. All right. Did
1: you see that that Wally is joining the Criterion Collection?
0: Oh, yes. Just last, was last week. Yeah. 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 I, in fact, it's so interesting you bring that up because just yesterday uh, was out shopping and saw that Lightyear, the Blu-ray DVD had come out. So it's like, okay, because I want, you know, I want physical copies of things, these things to to continue. So I picked up one of those, but came home and found that sitting in my Twitter feed from Peter, and it's like, oh, got to chase that down. Yes. November
1: 22nd, it's the first Disney movie to be in the collection. They say wow. it's the first the first Pixar collaboration, mm-hmm. and from what I understand, it's a brand-new transfer. Um, Stanton has been working on this for a long time. Oh. Um, it's got two audio commentaries, new programs on Stanton's Cinematic influences and, Jim, a new mm-hmm. program on production designer Ralph Eggleston's color scripts. Uh, a tour of the, the Pixar living archive with Stanton, behind-the-scenes looks, the mm-hmm. great Pixar story documentary by Leslie Iwerks, which is, I don't think, on Disney+. Plus, um, mm-hmm. Brand-new features, including Wally A to Z, a new program featuring Stanton and co-screenwriter Jim Reardon, who's one of our favorite people. As, uh, yep, yep. Uh-huh. Uh, a Story, which was from 1987 and is a student mm-hmm. film by mm-hmm. Stanton, which has never been shown. Bernie, a short film by our friend Angus McLean, a new essay, selections from Stanton's sketchbooks, script notes, drawings, and artwork from the Wally team. And this is a brand new 4K. Uh, remastered version. So even if you have the 4K disc, this mm. is gonna be it.
0: Holy cow! about yeah, so got-
1: November twenty second, twenty twenty four. Spine number eleven sixty one for those of you <laughs> following at home. So yeah.
0: wow! I I no I got you know, I saw Peter raise the flag on this one, but that just went from a ooh, maybe I'll get that too. I'm you know we finish now. I pre order. Yes, and, and I love. <laughs> what you did there that, the first yes i would love if this becomes a thing cuz when it comes to especially the early pixar there's no such thing as too many details too many stories you know bring them on bring them on
1: no no especially for such a such a crowning achievement which i think many believe is still pixar's kind of high watermark so very very exciting i i think this will be something that is stuffed into every animation nerd's stocking come christmas <laughs> 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 totally
0: not okay. Uh, so now we finish the Pixar side of the story. But when we get back from this break, we'll talk more about uh, the Disney stuff that got revealed at the D23 Expo.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling
0: Did you get to see the video that popped up online about the, the Ghibli Park, the, the one that's being built in the uh, Achi Prefecture over in J- uh, Japan? There's an update? It still opens November 1st, but it's the first video on site of what the place is going to look like. And, uh, and I did remember, see
1: it. was kind of like a
0: flyover
1: kind of thing. There you go. Yeah. There yeah. we go.
0: And the whole conceit going into this park, uh, Hayao Miyazaki wanted it to be as as green as his films were, so that it was built on the grounds of the Expo Memorial Park, uh, Morikoro Park, in an extremely eco-friendly manner. And it it does look like it's been there forever, but, but also what's really terrific about it is it is the Ghibli color palette, at least the initial sets and interiors of the houses look like the characters have just walked out Well, some of them are still there cuz i
1: saw the witch from spirited away and i saw the, you did. i saw you no did. face on on no. the train and
0: things like that And speaking of of lands and theme parks and that sort of thing i wanted to get len and i talked at length on uh, the most recent disney dish about um the stuff that was announced at the park's presentation the Moana land in the Zootopia area for DCA, likewise well, the Coco.
1: Hmm? Was it was it announced, Jim, or was it just sort
0: of was it spitballed uh, live on stage? Yes, the language that was used was a lot of "what if" and we're exploring. I mean, there was a lot of language to the fact that that suggested they were very, very, very early on. I've since had the opportunity to talk with a few more friends at Imagineering. And they were quite upfront about the fact that, for example, for the Magic Kingdom, they had been talking about the idea of creating a loop that would run from Frontierland back to Liberty Square around the rivers of America for years. And supposedly to make this happen, did you remember how when they did Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland, they actually crept in the rivers of America to create, you know, enough land and that sort of thing. That supposedly would be the exact same thing that would be done here.
1: Oh, yeah. You told me where this this all would be happening. It would be on the other side of mm-hmm. uh, the Haunted Mansion, sort of.
0: Well, yeah. The way it would work is that if we were going counterclockwise, Villain's Land, it's some distant day. You could walk past the Haunted Mansion along the Rivers of America and arrive at Villain's Land. And then if you continued in a counterclockwise direction, you could then enter the the world of Encanto, visit the the Casita Mirabel, and then pushing on uh, down to Santa Cecilia before returning to where Big Thunder was built. If you look at the concept art for disney's animal kingdom stuff if you take into consideration you, you know you look at the spinner in the middle of that thing and then you then remember well wait a minute they took the bugs in a bug's life or bugs land for a california adventure they took the spinner that used to be flicks fun flyers sent it back to the factory in europe where they reskinned the thing and brought it back and what are they calling the inside out ride? Is it the, the emotional whirlwind? Oh, the emotional wind? whirlwind. Yeah. 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 So supposedly if you're looking at the spinner, that's in the middle of that art, that's triceratops spin that, you know, they would keep the ride system, but they would probably, you know, pull that out of the site where it is and then send it off to, in much the same way to the, the other factory. And have it retooled, so then it takes on a Moana theme. The other thing that, that's kind of interesting is there's a walkway to the lower right in the image, and there's a suggestion of a building off to the side, and this would appear to be the way you walk into Dinoland USA, coming in from the village there, I mean, walking by Flame Tree Barbecue, you know, coming in from right, right. The, the central shop there, and You can actually see sort of the suggestion of, okay, this is where we'd leave at least the physical plant for Restaurantosaurus in place, which then, if you use those as your true anchors, you suddenly realize Zootopia is Countdown to Extinction. From conversations I've had, this would be another, you know, the Delta Dream Flight, Take Flight, Buzz Lightyear thing how you you mm. you know you go into a pre-existing attraction and you leave your ride system in place, but you flatten everything else in the building and build new sets and that sort of thing around it. So to circle back to the presentation they did, there was a lot of very, very iffy language and this project seems to be very, very, very far off. But after these conversations, to understand that they have been talking about expanding the Magic Kingdom out to include this new land or building out, adding additional capacity to the most popular park at Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. Suddenly it seems a, a bit more likely. A lot of this, frankly, kind of depends on what happens with Epic Universe. There seems to be this whole theory at Disney that, much like what happened when Island's Adventure opened and there was no impact whatsoever. On Disney World's attendance, so it's like they they actually had e tickets planned, like Fire Mountain, and it's like, ah, eh, we don't need to do that. Whereas, I, I don't know if you saw, I think uh, Alicia Stello pulled a quote from the most recent Comcast investors presentation, and they were actively talking about how they've they pulled market share away from Disney. I, I believe it seems to be a different game, so. Okay, back to actual animation news. At this D twenty three studio showcase for Pixar and Disney, and they showed us a a good chunk of Strange World, and they showed us some stuff for Wish. And what did we think of either of these two projects? I mean, I'm much more into uh, mm-hmm.
1: to Strange World. I mean, mm-hmm. the thing about the Strange World clip was that it really didn't give us a lot of context. Um, mm-hmm. But since D twenty three, I've seen a little bit more of Strange World, and I'm I'm very confident in its, you know, its ability to pull off what it what it attempts. Now, mm-hmm. the thing that that hasn't been gotten across in the marketing and 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 what I've heard the movie described as is mm-hmm. that it's like Journey to the Center of the Earth, but instead mm-hmm. of a bunch of explorers, it's the Griswolds from National Lampoon's Vacation. That oh. is the actual conceit of the movie. And I understand that it's a very hard thing to get across, but mm-hmm. to me, that just opens it up and so it makes me think, "Oh, okay. Not only do I know what this is, but this sounds really special and fun. But I think it looks great. I mean, it looks totally unlike anything
0: else, oh no, no, no totally, totally. And in, in fact, if you look at the marketing material that they've released to date, they're trying to get that across. For example, that sort of, Faux mid seventies movie poster that they've mm-hmm. created to you know to sort of get that, but that's an interesting idea. The the Griswold. <laughs> I, the I thought you'd like this. that one, Jim. <laughs> I all right. I think, you know, suddenly I'm back on board. I will say this much: we live in an age now where, given the way that CG films are put together, remember how. You could talk about oh well, that's a Musker and Clements movie, or, or that's a Weiss and Trousdale movie. They did have their own flavors, so to speak. Yeah, between uh, Big Hero Six, Moana, and the scene that they showed, there really does sort of seem to be a Don Hall action scene feel. Looking at Moana and Big Hero Six, and now this the 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 big scene they showed us with the family escaping on the weird bridge of moving whatever they are. Right. Dawn really does have a gift for a comic action scene that toggles back and forth between real menace and real humor. Yeah. But yeah, oh, I love that, though, the Griswold. Okay, now now I'm on board. The other thing that hasn't been
1: clear in the marketing materials is that the dog has three legs, which I, I absolutely adore. Uh, the dog's name is Legend. Mm -hmm. Uh, named after bernie madison he's got three legs which i think is just really
0: really cute and wonderful
1: Mm. and so yeah there's that too
0: (laughs) and in addition to getting to see that sequence from strange world we also got a taste of Wish, which is the November 2024 release from Walt Disney Animation Studios, and also supposed to be the big Disney hundredth uh, film, right? Or
1: yeah, and after after the announcement that Rogue Squadron was getting pushed again, it's also the only big Disney movie for the holidays of 2023.
0: So <laughs> yeah, for now, <laughs> you know, see. <laughs> so yeah,
1: we'll see. The boys, the boys in the lab are working on something right now. Dan. There we go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. So, so it was kind of interesting. We get a song, we got some test animation of the world and the style of the world, and a general overview. But this is kind of an intriguing premise, isn't it? Yeah, it's sort of. They they kind of couched it as being the story of the origin of the wishing
1: star, and they they played this. Mm-hmm incredibly long sizzle (laughs) of characters Mm -hmm. from other Disney animated movies wishing Mm -hmm. uh, upon a star but then they would throw in things like Rescuers Down Under and Treasure Mm -hmm. Planet and stuff it was very it was sort of weird but anyway yeah they said it takes place before Pinocchio or Snow White which kind of gives it a kind of context in the Disney Mm -hmm. continuum but they kept stressing this is a very original movie it's an original movie They have watercolor-ish backgrounds. But yeah, I mean, Chris Buck, who's one of the directors, said that it was going to be like a full of Easter eggs, which Mm -hmm. to me, none of this really signaled that it was a terribly original movie. Um, Mm -hmm. But boy, are they pushing it like that, aren't they, Jim?
0: They are. They are. But at the same time, evidently, the conversation's about uh, for our 100th, we we should have a you know, a film that leans into our heritage. And so I get where they're going, but at the same time, it's also modern Disney. I mean, they trotted out Alan Tudyk, you know, who is their good luck charm, and they introduced the goat character that he'll be voicing.
1: Yes. I I do know that this this has been in the works for a little while. I've heard as early Mm -hmm. as like 2017, 2018, and this was a... An idea that Jennifer Lee had, who's one of the writers on it.
0: All right, let's let it perk. <laughs> Do you remember that the, the Into the Unknown Frozen two production series, the behind the scenes thing they did on oh, Disney Plus a yeah. year, year or two back? It still fascinated me watching that. That they were six months out from delivery. And they still didn't know who was calling to Elsa? I, you know, was they making the movie?
1: Listen, two years after the movie comes out, we don't know who's
0: calling to Elsa. So, you know, <laughs> that
1: problem was not fixed by any stretch of the imagination.
0: <laughs> all right. All right. I don't mean to end this on a down note, but as part of the Disney Studio Showcase, which Disney live action releases Pixar and the animation series we got shown 15 different projects of which five were new, were originals. Everything else was either a remake, a prequel or a sequel. And it's worth noting here because the, the web has been blowing up over the past week or so about the little mermaid. And we saw the full part of your world number from that movie yeah, I was pr- I was pretty impressed by that. I, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and, th- and and that's the thing. I think there's a lot of people out there who, based on just this little snippet of stuff, the teaser, are gonna have to just get yourself a little ketchup, a little Tabasco, get some salt, because you know you're gonna have to season that crow when you eat it. Yes, because this thing looked great. It looked really
1: good. Yeah. I wasn't super into eerily lifelike flounder. Um, I, yeah, it makes me, it makes, as I said to you, I'm, I'm praying that there will be Mm -hmm. some solution for Sebastian or else we're going to have a very creepy (laughs) little, some mandibles clicking and singing, you know, his songs. Yeah. Yes.
0: But Halle Bailey is, is that the the young lady who who played Ariel? Absolutely amazing. I'm hoping in a weird sort of way Disney does the smart thing and blows away the haters by doing... Remember how they sold The Lion King to us? They showed the first five minutes of the movie, The Circle of Life, and... and they did sort of the same thing with Pocahontas. They showed us Colors of the Wind. Yes. If they want to shut down the haters today, smartest thing that Disney could do is just take that entire part of your world number, throw that out there. And it's like, okay, you you got a problem with this? Watch this. Now tell me you have a problem with a black aerial. You won't care. It, you, she's so good. She sings this so beautifully. All your doubts your are going to go away. On the other hand, I got to tell you, when Alan Bergman, the head of Disney Studios, stood on stage twice, he did this twice. He he did it during the Marvel Lucasfilm presentation. He stood on stage and said, basically, I look forward to all of this great content, not movies, not films, but content. Yeah, that was super gross. Yeah. It was, but on the other hand, it was, it was, I was 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 telling this to a friend who, you know, flat I said, Jim. First of all, don't call them films. Nobody shoots on film anymore. It's all digital. And also, you know, if you think about you know what he was standing there was talking about this stuff, some of this is going into the theaters. Some of this is going on Disney Plus. And again, when you talk Disney Plus, it's always about the content. It's not a question of he's being gross. It's you're behind the times. This is how we actually talk about this stuff out here. So I, I got to think about that. Well,
1: I mean, the Disney live action presentation was basically just remakes of the animated stuff. Was there anything else that stood out to you from that, from those uh, things? Because we saw Mufasa, Snow White, yeah.
0: Peter mm-hmm. and Wendy. I guess we we do have to talk about, you know, before we can talk about those, we we do need to talk about Pinocchio. Oh, God. I have watched the first 20 minutes and then I cheated And watch like the last 20, and you know, from like Pleasure Island on forward. And I'm sort of building up the courage to watch the rest of it. But I don't understand. I was such a fan of Robert Zemeckis's work for so long. But this seems to be sort of the companion piece to his Jim Carrey, A Christmas Carol, where in both cases, you just got the sense that. The filmmaker didn't trust the original source material and I need to improve and I need to plus this and I need to make this more entertaining. And I, I still love Tom Hanks, but at the same time, it's just sort of like I'm watching his him not sing the non-song for Geppetto at the beginning of it. And the, the thought that comes to mind, did he owe Zemeckis money?
1: Well, I think he probably shot on this movie for 3 days, is my guess.
0: Uh, okay. Okay. You know,
1: I think that's the the actual truth. But yeah, the movie really is uh terrible, just uh <laughs> uniformly.
0: But you as an industry insider had to know this when they premiered it on the lot like the day before it was going to debut on Disney Plus, right? It was like, you know, yeah, you have to come here. We're showing it in the Walt Disney, <laughs> Is the Walt Disney Theater on the lot. You know, no, we're we're not taking this to the LCAP. cap, <laughs> and nobody no, gets no, to see this. No, they didn't Sarah. want to spend the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Also, too many seats in the LCAP, cap, Jim. You wanted to kind of contain the. Uh,
0: there you go. Yeah. There you go. By the way, though, bearing the needle in the exact opposite direction. When I was flying back from the D twenty three Expo, because I had been promising Drew I would watch this movie at some point, I finally sat down and watched Top Gun: Maverick. Now, mind you, it was on a four inch by eight inch screen. Oh, Jim! Oh my God! I'm no, no, dying no, 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 no no no, 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 please! But but I have to say that was one of the more ridiculously entertaining films I have seen in years. That yes, there is. You know, it honors the original, but it was really, really, really well done. I think it makes the original a better movie, almost, because it's so good. I would argue uh, you're correct. I mean, it was it was just one of these things where it, was, it, it did a great job with the world. It did a, a great job with the setup. And, and again, it, in a weird sort of way, given the way it ends, it is a lovely bookend to the first film. If my next opportunity to see that on a larger screen, I will do it. But even on a four inch by eight inch screen on a plane, it still played great. It was still crazy entertaining. And it was one of these things also, it just reminded me, you know, every so often you forget how good Tom Cruise is. And that's a great performance too. It's really, it really is
1: more of a character piece than people make it out to be.
0: You're not wrong. And, and a crazy deep strong supporting cast, you know, and and just from Ed Harris on back, it does have sort of an old fashioned construction, but that's actually one of the strengths of the film, which is a real tribute to Kaczynski, that he took something that was old and made it new. And ridiculously entertaining, great, great fun. You know that that I, I now get why you've been after me all summer to see this. In fact, like, I have to tell you, between you and Nancy, it was like okay, fine, I'm going to sit down and watch this. Anyway, uh, uh, back to to Tom Cruise country, which of course makes me think of your wonderful light diffused podcast that you and Charles do. What's going on over there now?
1: Well, I think everybody who listens to this podcast will want to go over there for the next three weeks because mm-hmm. we have. Uh, we are doing a light year the fuse gym uh, with Angus McLean, who was oh, very no! inspired by Top Gun for the movie. And mm-hmm. he, you know, we thought, OK, we'll have him on. We have him and Jeremy Lasky on. We thought, oh, well, this might be like one episode. But their mm-hmm. their love and knowledge of action cinema is just mm-hmm. profound. And. The way they talk about it and the movie's relationship to Ghost Protocol, and if you saw if you saw Light Year in IMAX, this will be you know very pertinent to you. But just how they use the screen and everything is is very much a callback to Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. So it's a really interesting chat. Uh, it's three parts and it starts this week. So.
0: get on over there oh yeah oh (laughs) what that that's a smart expansion
1: oh (laughs) well i'm there just a limited time only it's like thor giving his powers to the kids you know limited (laughs) time only but go go get it yeah
0: oh cool 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 okay I would normally go into my, my pitch for the show, but, geez, you just did it. Every, everybody, <laughs> everybody who's listening to it immediately going to pivot to that. light Lightyear, The Fuse. Cannot yes. wait. Yes. Okay. Uh, and we have some po- other podcasts here you might want to listen to, too. We got, of course, Disney Dish that I'm, I do with Lentesta, Likewise, Marvelous Disney I do with Aaron Adams. Uh, and then, of course, Brian Gaughan, uh, who uh, he and I are going to be recording a brand-new Looking at Lucasfilm where we'll talk about... Uh, a lot of the stuff that got revealed Star Wars wise and indie wise at the D23 Expo presentation. Also, Drew, can you tell folks where they can find you on social media?
1: Oh, sure. It's Drew Taylor, like a tailored
0: shirt, uh, Instagram and Twitter. Our social media, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram as Jim Hill Media, and over on Facebook as Jim Hill Media News. Oh, uh, by the way, folks, if you could do us a favor, if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review fine tuning. That'd be cool. Well, I guess that's going to do it for this week then, folks. So thanks for listening. And uh, Mr. Taylor and I will be back soon with a brand new show.